When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. I'm Dan Rowance and your host for today's episode, drawn by John Townley, who's got to bed at 3am and actually previously got to bed at 3 or 4am, coming back from Leicester. Uh, gents, how are we? We recovered from last night? Not yeah. really, no. Um, <laughs> getting there, but uh, the, the wind makes it all the more better, doesn't it? all the more sweeter. Mm. But uh, yeah, who needs sleep there? How about you, John? Lots of adrenaline, lots of emotion last night on the post-match show. Yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm like wide awake still. Um, <laughs> I was kind of early, like, yeah, coming at eight o'clock in my shift later, I'm just going to crash. So I'm not looking forward to that. But yeah, last night was just mental. And yeah, obviously we did the show. Um, it was only like half an hour or so. And there was absolutely no analysis whatsoever. <laughs> so hopefully we can sort of paint the picture a bit better. And yeah, just crazy night and yeah, really excited for what's going to come. A little bit more composure this morning, a little bit more analysis, like you said. Ash, I'll come to you first. It's been a while since we've done a post-match one together, so we can kind of link in a bit of Chelsea as well. What's it been like these last couple of away games, being there, being on the road, seeing it Emery up close? I know that the Chelsea press box in particular is is right up on, on behind the dugout. What's it like seeing a master at work? Yeah, fantastic. It's rolling on the crest of the wave at the moment. Momentum, just got no signs of stopping your fancy village in every game they're going into. Yeah, long mate, continue. I was on the nursery run this morning. They've got people walk, stopping me in the street. What's going on, Ash? <laughs> What's going on? Um, so everyone's, everyone's just stunned by what, what's happening right now. The form's ridiculous. And I mean, I didn't think it was a great game last night. I think Leicester had the moments. Yeah. But again, Villa found a way. And the, the good teams do that, don't they? Villa remain patient. But that's one thing that really impressed Emery. He said, Leicester down to 10 men. We stuck to the game plan. We stayed patient and you get rewards. And like you say, the players are loving it. The fans are loving it. The manager, he was quite calm last night, Emery. He weren't getting carried away at all. He was asked about Europe and this, that. He said, no, more work. So you can bet, bet you, bet you, he had his laptop open on the way back. Oh, not far, it's next on the next one. Um, he's very, very, very straight, Emery. He's not very personable in that sense. You try and get a, a joke out of him. He's, he's not, he's, he's straight bat, work. Work, work. You and me, John, we did a podcast a few weeks ago that it feels like if all these kind of little wins start building up together, there's only success at the end of that road, whether it's European qualification or a trophy win or whatever. It, it, it does feel inevitable, which is a strange position for any football fan to be in when football isn't as simple as that. This guy will get it right at some point if we give him enough time. Kind of looking ahead of the weekend as well, we can feasibly be in sixth position by the time uh, we then play Newcastle. So, with the games that we've got coming up too, it's like we've got to this position that we're in, but we genuinely can make something of the season. And to be, you know, a third of the season was stripped away under the previous management and to get the position that we're in now, it's, um, yeah, I, I said it was surreal. that It just doesn't feel like it's happening, probably because we've been 11 for so long. But at the same time, um, yeah, to be in the position that we are, it's, yeah, I, I can't sort of go over it. 
Ash, I think I saw a piece that you'd wrote where you'd asked Emma a pretty straight question of like, how have you done this? And he gave you a, a pretty straight answer back. But let's, let's ask that question about ourselves between us because it, it feels like an impossible job that he's done to go from 17th to 7th place with the squad that he's got that he's, like you said last night, John, one player in the first team, Moreno, that he's signed. The rest of it is a Dean Smith squad and a Steven Gerrard squad combined and he's muddled them together to go from losing on the opening day against Bournemouth and struggling and being right down there to all of a sudden playing a new style of football and getting results at the same time. It's not like we're, we're playing a new style of football and we're kind of eking results here and there and we look okay. He's transformed the way we play and bought results at the same time in 16 games. It seems impossible. So how has he done it, Ash? Clear communication. He's, he's seen the videos from day one at Bodymore behind the scenes. He's got his clipboard out. You're like, right, lads, this is what we're going to do. This is, this is how we're going to do it. There's some teething problems at the beginning, wasn't there? Um, players mm. were a bit unsure with the way they wanted to play, playing out from the back. Stuff like that. Villa got caught out a few times, but just nailing it, nailing it, get, make sure it's right every single time and the players are buying into it. Okay, the meetings are long and it can be quite yeah, a bit, bit long-winded, but the players are all... It's, it's, he said it last night. He said, um, what did he say? He said, we have to be professional. We, football's a serious business. You're at a club like Villa now and we're going to get down to work. You're either with me or you're not. And I think you've got a couple of good good, good people there. Mings, Kansan, mm. McGinn, Watkins... They all want to work. It helps having them that type of character within the dressing room. The senior, the senior folk there, that helps. They're all behind the manager. Then all the others will come as well. Lot, lot, the doing. Mm. And you seen the scenes last night in the corner. Everyone's together. I could have said as well about changing the style of play and getting results at the same time. If he'd come in and said, "No, we're going to do this. We're going to play this way. This is kind of my way or the highway," and it didn't work, like, or it hasn't worked so far, you then have these kind of people in the dressing room, or you could have people in the dressing room think. Oh, What's this guy like? He's done well elsewhere. But he's come here and said, we're changing this, this, this and this. And it's not even working. I mean, obviously, it helps that we've got results as well. But the players have to buy into that. It, it does feel this kind of like siege mentality. It's Aston Villa versus the world. We're all in this together. We're, we're, we're going to fight for each other. We're going to work hard. And it kind of all culminates last night in those celebration scenes at the end, dance along with the fans, Bertrand Trower up on Emmy Martinez's his shoulder. Like, you just love to see stuff like that. John, same question to you. How has he done it? What's he physically done? What's he changed? I mean, the obvious stuff is obviously the system, the way that we're playing, how we are keeping clean sheets. Um, obviously not last night, but I thought that was a really good goal actually from Leicester. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I know Young probably should have taken him out, but in that split sort of two seconds where Barnes is sort of rinsing him down the line, it's difficult to sort of say and it was a really good finish too. Mm-hmm. Almost a, not an unstoppable goal, but you know, if that's the one goal that we can, can see from open play in six games, then <laughs> that's quite something. Um and if you're going to keep clean sheets and be solid at the back, away from home and at home, the, you know it's more likely you're going to win most of your games, isn't it? When Ollie Watkins is in the form that he's in, um, Buendia, I think, has been very good over the last few games as well. John McGinn, obviously, coming back to the play that we know he can be. So, in simple form, I think that's sort of the sort of crux of it. We're 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 solid, and we we look very difficult to beat. If you're, we said it before, but if you're if if you just kind of sort of put yourself in the opposition shoes and, you know, you have to play Villa, the one thing that you think straight away is, oh, well, they're difficult to beat. Almost like Newcastle in a way, because they don't concede many goals. They don't lose many games. And under Emery, we've been exactly the same, barring that one game against Leicester. Arsenal, we shouldn't have lost that game. And they're the best team in Europe at the moment, arguably. Uh, Man City as well. Anyone can be frinnel down at the Etihad. And we sort of held our... Um, you know, held our own in the second half and won that second half one nil. I think um, sort of the small wins. But yeah, since he's come in, he's obviously changed the system. He's got the best out of the players that are playing, not just um, 
in a way you know, in terms of tactical, but they're all confident as well, well most of them anyway. Like Watkins to do what he's doing is, is it's, it's mad. Obviously, those players have had confidence previously, but it's it's almost like they have a sort of swagger about them now. I think he said Watkins he wants to get like twenty goals, and imagine saying that previously. You, it's you, you almost sort of saying that target, and if you don't achieve it, he'll be disappointed with it, which is mad. So. Um, yeah, he's getting the best out of the players for different reasons. Tactical, um, they're all confident as well. And that's the sort of, as I say, I think the simple sort of look on it. But we're winning in different ways as well, which I think is really important. Over the last six games, we're beating opponents that are all different too. Like Le- that Leicester game, I don't think, you know, as Ash said, it wasn't a great game. And I think a draw probably wouldn't have been about fair result. And you look at it and think, all right, six unbeaten. You know, you take that what you can on the road. Because those teams at the bottom of the table will start to win points now. Um, they can't be of losing every game over the last nine games they will start to win games that you don't expect and that probably would have happened last night if we weren't a team guided by Unai Emery in six mm. or five and coming into the game um, yeah we weren't our best but we've overcome sort of every test not every test because it's only been 16 games but the proof's in the pudding we're not just winning one way and we're beating all the teams at the bottom and not sort of competing against the teams at the top we're doing it to doing it to everyone you know I know Chelsea aren't what they were that's a squad full of, you know, littered with talent. We beat Spurs as well, who were in fifth, could be in fourth at the weekend. Hopefully, at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the season, as we begin to the last sort of stretch of games, we can sort of, you know, keep that consistency and keep winning as many games as we can and see where it takes us. But heading into the new season, that's sort of where my focus is. I know a lot of fans have been talking about Europe and we'll get on to it. Right now, we know that we're actually good enough to qualify for Europe next year and that fills me with a lot of confidence and sort of pride as well because we've been in, we've always been questioning about oh, when are we actually going to break into Europe? Can we get above these teams and those teams because we aren't good enough for this for X reasons? Um, but now we're that team, we're that team that everyone looks at and thinks, oh, wow. Villa are certainly seventh and and they should be feared. Again, there was a, a point in this season where we did a, a very downbeat podcast towards the start of the year and I said, oh, I feel like a massive disconnection with the club. Like, I think it was during the transfer window. I was like, oh, you want. Like, I'm not even excited anymore. I'm just not bothered. I feel apathy towards it. And a lot of people agreed with that kind of viewpoint. That was this season. Mm. That that feels like years ago because the, it's a totally opposite feeling now with the club. It feels like the owners, the board, the, the manager, the players, the fans were all kind of in this together. Like I said before, this, this siege mentality that it's us against the world. And if you don't fancy us as an outsider or, or national media or whatever it might be, then yeah, so what? We'll, we'll just keep flying under the radar and doing our own thing. Similar to what you said, John, that a few few episodes ago about our away form being better than home and, and how that doesn't worry you because sorting out your away form is, is a harder thing to do than, than sorting your home form. It's almost like, well, if we don't get to Europe this season, it's still encouraging because it proves that we could physically do it. We are good enough to do it. And with a couple of additions, again, you almost have this inevitability to go, oh, we'll do it next year instead then. It's almost like cocky arrogance to go, oh, yeah, well, we'll just do it next year. Yeah, and the thing about he hasn't added, he's added, well, two players. Obviously, Duran is a sort of a squad player at the moment um, and does make an impact when he comes off the bench, by the way. But Moreno, to be the only player that's come into the eleven, and he hasn't bought you know, I think we were interested in Genduzi or whoever it may be, Nico Williams in the in January. If we bought those players and they were playing well in this team, you'd be saying, oh, well, that's probably the main reason why um, that's what you'd put it down to, wouldn't you? But <laughs> no, we didn't buy those players and we're still in the same position. This is the group of players who were, you know, most of them were signed by Smith, actually, if you think about it, because mm-hmm. Kamara weren't playing Carlos weren't playing yesterday, obviously. We didn't have Augustinson and Bedner record. Dendonka weren't playing. So that was basically a Dean Smith team in many ways, apart from Alex Moreno. And yeah, the sort of journey that they've been on at the moment um, and will be going on, It's that's what's going to 
sort of keep those players at the club as well because we've been saying that to Emma Martinez and Watkins. They need to see it to believe it. And so do us fans, I think, as well, that we actually are going to get Europe at some point and it's not just talk. And quickly on the point that you mentioned earlier about the players sort of buying in, I think when someone like Unai Emery comes into the club, there's no, <laughs> like, that manager is now the most important person at the club. And I think that has to be the case for a club like Villa. You need that figure, I think, like Dean Smith was. Um, and those players, if they're down tools, well, the manager's not leaving. <laughs> You'll be the one that is going to be left behind, basically. So for your yeah. career, you need to make this work for you. And Emery will give you that chance. Um, so yeah, it's that's the sort of feeling I get from the players as well. They want to work for Emery, not just because... Um, is an incredible coach and that we're going places but actually if you know if you're not working hard enough then you're just not going to be in the team because that's what you have to do that's a sort of minimum requirement requirement sorry in the memory to work hard and take on his um, instructions I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those body more meetings when they're going all these the tacticals and, and the shape and whatnot and how in-depth they are with video analysis because you hear a lot of stories from various Premier League clubs about how all these you know prima donna players are like children and they can barely sit still for five minutes i can't imagine that being the case at villa but obviously you never know but once the manager starts backing up his kind of long meetings by getting results and propelling you up 10 places in the premier league in 16 games you kind of sit back and go well i'll take those long three-hour meetings because we're actually very good at football and what he's trying to do is working ash how much of the the recent upturning form comes down not just solely ollie watkins but ollie watkins kind of getting his finishing boots on over the last two, three months or so that we're still creating a lot of chances like we were before, but it would always kind of fall to Watkins and we've talked loads of times about if he gets a chance one-on-one, is he going to score? Not so sure. Now, more often than not, if Ollie Watkins goes through one-on-one, you think, well, yeah, he's going to score from here because he's so confident and free-floating. He's on three goals in January. He's on 11 now. And we said, let's set him a goal target. If if he can get to 14, that's probably a good season. He's come out now before last night and said, I want to get 20. With nine games to go, you almost feel like How many can he get? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, he's been a massive part of it, Watkins. Looks a totally new, different player. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, he had no right to score that goal last night. Hmm. Bundled two out the way, rolled it in. So, so much confidence at the moment. And yeah, some telling comments from Emery after he loves working with strikers. He sees them as a little project and um, Watkins is the, the latest one who's blasting under him. I mean, he's, he's telling Watkins, just stay up there. Stay up there and, and be between the posts. And yeah, he's like a new player. And I mean, one that wasn't that long ago, we was writing Watkins off, Mings, McGinn, they're all finished. Hmm. But look look what he's done with them, the manager. He's got him in. Um, and he's improved them instantly. He wants to become a 20-goal-a-season striker. He said that last week. So he, he's, he's one of the... I think Emil McGinn are probably the, the best one at the moment, thriving under the manager. Um and like you say, look, the manager demands respect. His CV demands it. That's what happened when he came into the club. And people like Watkins and McGinn are thinking, okay, I can really make, 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 myself, make myself something here. And um, mm. that's what they're doing. So, yeah, Watkins has been huge. And like you say, I'm back into, to go close to that 20 goal mark with nine to go. I think, yeah, just I, I do think just if he breaks his season tally, that would be great. Because that's, you know, I know there's nine games or eight games left. As the form is on, then all of a sudden it's breaking records like every game because yeah. is it the first place since Aguero or something to score six in a row away? Yeah. Um, 
so if he if he gets to twenty, then it's probably going to break that record like of all time Premier League players. So <laughs> let's say fifteen. I think um, I know that's only four more, but I think Villa do have goals from elsewhere as well. It's not just the Watkinses. I know obviously his goals have been very important, but. I think across the team, you've got players who can chip in and, um, you know, methods of scoring. But yeah, Watkins just, yeah, the improvement. And it's just subtle tweaks, I think, to his game because we all knew that he had something there. It was obviously his finishing wasn't um, perfect every game and it still isn't. But if he's going to get three chances and he takes one, well, there you go. There's his goal. And as I say, we're not completely reliant on him like we were, like a Benteke. Um, We have players in quality around him to make difference, to make the difference, sorry. Um, yeah, like that, as Ash says, that goal that you took, that wasn't easy at all. He made it look easy. It was obviously a through ball from um, Wendy, which was good. Uh, but he's not he, quick Watkins, don't get me wrong, but he's not blistering, you know, in beyond pace like Jamie Vardy was five years ago. Obviously not last night. Um, but the finish was, yeah, excellent. Closed down by two players, just scuffs it into the corner. Brilliant. Um, and then in the last minute as well, we should probably touch on, obviously, the sort of the penalty incident. Actually, we should probably say... Um, sort of a big pat on the back for Watkins because that's probably a goal if he's not in the right position, getting his body mm. in the way, mm. sort of saving the three points um, to some extent. Yeah, I don't think we gave it enough credit last night, John, when we were yeah. delirious with the result. It was almost just like, yeah, well, it wasn't a penalty, we move on. But it, was, it, was a, it was a good uh, bit of good bit of play by Watkins to, to get back. Exactly, he saved all the, all the points there and we didn't defend that free kick well at all, by the way. It was a bad free kick, I think. I forget who takes who took it. Hit the, I think it got blocked and then the ball comes back in and we should defend it better. Mm. But, yeah, for Watkins to sort of be in the heat in the moment and think, oh, I'll get my body in the way and win a foul or whatever. Um, yeah, credit to him. And that's what he is as a hard worker, as a grafter on, you know, in and out possession. And Emery's told him to sort of stand between the posts and be, you know, conserve your, conserve your energy a bit more. But he'll still press the life out of the defenders and be the outlet that we need. It just helps that in this system, we've got so many players buzzing around him. He's never isolated. You know, no player's isolated in some ways in, in this system. Um, yeah, He's come on leaps and bounds, Watkins, and I'm you know, really happy for him because, as we said, there was some questions over him as a, you know, early as this season, really. Early as January when Danny Ings got sold. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was, uh, my, so my, my heart was in my mouth when he went down with that injury as well, I think. Was it suited that mm, fell on his Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the last thing we, we, we would have needed, you know. The only sort of recognised striker in the squad, apart from Duran, obviously, who's inexperienced, um, let alone the form that Watkins is in. So, yeah, long may it continue for him. Yeah, I'm going to go kind of 16, 17 goals. But my more niche predict- prediction is I think Watkins will get hat-trick at some point in the rest of this season. Maybe against Oops. Forest on Saturday. Because he'll, he'll have a game where he'll score a couple of goals in one go. So I'm going to go hat-trick for Watkins at some point mm-hmm. and finish on 16 or 17. Let's talk about Bertrand Traore and Leon Bailey at the same time because obviously similar positions. Um, Leon Bailey, the missing man, I suppose you might want to call him. A lot of comments that we'll come to in a sec. I asked for questions on social media this morning. A lot of those are about you know, what does Leon Bailey offer? Will he still be here? And those kind of things. So let's kind of try and answer those now. Somebody said oh, it's almost like we play with 10 men with Bailey because he doesn't offer us anything. doesn't offer much protection for Ashley Young going, going the other way. And Ashley Young struggled against Harvey Barnes and probably would have needed a bit more of um, needed more support than Troy Ray. The forgotten man in a different instance in the obscurity of Turkish football, like we said last night, John, comes back banished by Steven Gerrard because he doesn't fancy winger, so bye-bye to you. Comes back and only scores bangers, wins the game, celebrates like mad in the corner, gets the away fans on side. He's on Emma Martinez's shoulders. It's a fairy tale story for him and it's vastly con- contrasting to Leon Bailey's fortune. So, uh, Ash, I'll come to you first about Bailey. 
long-term future? Will he still be here? What's wrong with him? Does he offer us enough, et cetera, et cetera? The, the complaints about him, I think, are fair. Um, what do you make of him? I was watching him closely last night, Dan. He, he was up with Watkins to start with as a striker. And every time Villa had the ball, Emery told him, pull wide, pull wide, so Rams can go inside and that way. So he didn't see much of the ball whenever he had it. He gave it away. He's just lacking confidence at the moment. Four goals, three assists. Is it enough? He'd say no for a player of £30 million worth. So he just needs, I think he needs to come out of the team for a little bit. Maybe a few bright cameos off the bench, try and nick a goal when you come, when you come on and make an impact that way. I think mm. he needs to come out of the 11 for, for a little while um, and try and build, build, build his confidence back up and be a come on and be a match winner one week and then you can start start with your form. But time's running out now, isn't it? You've got nine games left. I think his future will be assessed in the summer. Mm. It'll be interesting if Villa get Europe with a keep holding in for a bit of depth there. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So I think I think, I think he's on notice. I think that'd be fair to say. I think Emery's looking at him closely. I think Emery, Emery trusts him. I think he played him against Man City. He played him against Everton, coming against Everton. He was he's first played, he's played a lot of games under Emery. Started a lot of games, which if you know Starting confidence form, is a problem that he, yeah. he can't kind of play himself into form. It's he can't argue that he hasn't had the opportunity to do it. So, like you said, it's almost kind of the opposite. Get him out of the team instead, and, and maybe bring him on to do something and, and to get the confidence back in. Because keep playing him when he's clearly struggling. He's not been able to play himself into form, so he is a passenger. I was speaking to some analysts um, again recently, and they like Bailey's pace on the break and on the transition. So it's a coin of word that, that they're using. Um, but yeah, just not happening for him. The little moment he's getting away from a player, he's shot or crosses getting blocked. Yeah, I, I take him out the firing line for a little bit and bring him off on the bench when, when, when it's all rosy. Try and get a goal, build that confidence back up. But yeah, he's, he's, he's struggling at the moment. And I think everyone can see that. He's out of confidence. He seems to kind of be doing the same things each game. He'll receive it wide, try and take someone on. He can't. He comes back and gives the ball away or just sort of, it, it, you know, retains possession perhaps, but there's no sort of end product or sort of mm. threat really, I would say. Um, it's quite easy to just isolate him in a game. And, you know, there's I think there's times where some Villa players will, you know, kind of go to build up down his channel and then almost not think twice, but it's not quick enough for him to make an effect in the game. So I'm not sure if they quite trust him to, in this moment, be the player that we need to sort of unlock a defence and be on top of his game. Uh, it's difficult. I mean, you're right, time is running out. We have nine games left of the season and while he probably does need to come out of the team, it's just difficult because if he comes out now, you must feel like, well, when's he going to come back in and make much of a difference that's going to, you know, I, I think it's one of those where I, I, I'm a big advocate of, yeah, we need to in, improve the squad. But by doing that, you need to improve your 11, which improves the bench, basically. So yeah. I don't think anyone's calling or anyone should be calling for us to sort of all of a sudden sell three or four players out of the team because then we're just left in the same position as what we are this season when you look at Watkins when he goes down and you think, oh, well, we have no striker, um, especially next year when we're going to try and win, you know, both cups if we can, I suppose. Maybe we'll be in Europe. Um, you need players in your squad and I think it'll be more of a case of what does Leon Bailey want to do with his future rather than, you know, He'll, I'm sure he'll stick around if he wants to, basically put it that way. If he wants first-team football and playing every week and maybe returning to the Bundesliga or whatever it may be, then there'll be a sort of a conversation and negotiations to be, ha- to, uh, to be had. But I think if if he's happy to stay around and be a squad player and fight for his place, he'll stay. And I'm fine with that because you do need those players in your squad. We don't have, apart from Traore, who, again, we don't know if he's going to be here in the summer. We don't have that pace or that player who can do what he can do in transition. I'm sure we'll have that in the summer and maybe Nico Williams or something similar. Um, but I do think you need squad depth. And again, looking at the bench yesterday, we had like, Seb Revan, two mm. goalkeepers. So 
I don't know. He has disappointed me in patches this season, Bailey, but I, I do still think there's a player there. And like the moments that he kind of brought against City, probably should have scored a few goals against City actually in, in the home game. And Gerard, uh, the moment against Leeds as well, he does have that in his locker. And he had a really good Bundesliga season before he came to us. So there is something there. It's just that at the moment, it, it's not working for him at all. Whether that's not fitting into the system or it's confidence, maybe it's a mix of things, but I don't think it's worth again, sort of saying, oh, well, if this player isn't informed, if he's not good enough, then we need to sell him straight away. Football doesn't work like that anyway. You know, Emery's given him a chance and I'm pretty certain that if he didn't fancy him, he wouldn't be playing. That miss against Wolves as well. You almost need uh, yeah. Leon Blade to have yeah. that, that Bertrand Toro hero moment that he's the one on somebody's shoulders. He's the one that, that gets the fans off the seats at the end of a game. Um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately for him. Flip side then, Bertrand Toro, the hero from last night. Like I said before, it only scores bangers. The goal ash, unreal. I, just, I looked up, I was just seeing the ball flying in. I went, what's going on? <laughs> oh my goodness, Bertrand. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so pleased for him. You can see how popular he's can't you, Dan? With the videos mm-hmm. and the messages. So Greeley sent him a message this Probably. morning. So, so popular. You think um, left field, left field opinion here with no insight whatsoever. Do you think the players maybe felt he was harshly done by, by harshly done by, by Gerard and think he's back now? So let's so. support him. I think so, Dan. Yeah, I think you're reading between the lines. I think, yeah, I think that, that was the case. I spoke to Bertrand Troy last year. I had a meeting with him. I think he had a mutual friend um, in town. And he spoke to me about his disappointment in not playing, not being given a chance mm. um, in, in Gerard's system. And he, he, yeah, I mean, he sat on the bench for a long time. A few inside the club were unhappy. He's coming back injured from international duty, but it wasn't his fault, really. And he was desperate to, to, to be a hit at Villa like he was in that first season. He was brilliant. I, think I remember Jack Greeley speaking so highly of him. Um, technically, one of the best at the club at the time. There's a player there, Dan. There really is. I think he's, he's been unfortunate. And just look at the love for him last night from the dressing room. That says a lot, you know. Um, so the fact he wanted to come back in January, jumps at the chance to come back. Hmm. Emery, football obsessive. He's watched him a lot. He said, any chance you fancy coming back? I'll, I'll work with you. And Troy jumped at that. So I'm, I'm chuffed for him. It was, yeah, a real nice moment for him. He's had it tough of late. He was... Banished away from the first team, I think, yeah. And he's had a, he's had a hard time of it. Uh, went over to Turkey, come back, and yeah, he's just all come together last night in that moment. One of the one of the moments of the season, I think. We'll look back in the review and we'll say, remember that, Leicester? My God. I read a comment for a question side from Ryan on social media this morning. This one specifically for us because you were in the stadium for both. So I mean, we've seen them both since, but you were there in person. Traore's goal or McGinn's goal? Which was better? Better goal. I'm going to go true rise because McGinn's took a nick. <laughs> oh, I don't know. True rise on the plate, though, if you, if you think about it. Ndidi's just passed yeah. the perfect way to pass into true rise. It's on his left foot. You said it was easy. Ash <laughs> could do that with his foot. On my right, on my right foot. <laughs> and Power League. I've seen him nestled into the top corner as well, Dan. So McGinn's moment which seals the game. His first yeah. goal in nearly 50, 50 games. Yeah. That's mad, that's, isn't it? That seals a big, big win. And then Trorai's, he's just the, the match winner. Because it's Trorai, I'm going to go Trorai. In okay. the manner of it. Yeah, I'm going to go Bertrand. There's a comment from FG10, John. He says, where do we put Bertrand Trorai's statue? <laughs> just a mental moment. That, I think that's why I was in shock for like, it was about three hours after our podcast. <laughs> you know, midnight, so I'm sat in the same position as when we left the when we left the call. Um he had two touches in the game. I don't remember his first one, <laughs> but the second wow. one, I was that's mad in it. Two touches. I mean, that says something in itself. Obviously, we sort of back against the wall after his goal, but yeah, um, first goal since Chelsea, I think. 
last game of back end of oh, last yeah. season. Barring in, yeah. Because mm. last year he was obviously he was shipped out, but he had um sorry, last year he wasn't shipped out. He just had a torrid time with injuries. He probably only mm. made like four appearances. That was literally a season of his career just gone. Um and for a player that must be very uh, difficult because that is a year of your, you know, imagine taking twelve months from now. Um and you you can't do your you you can't do your job sort of thing and you can't play you're so frustrated that you're injured you don't know what you're going to be doing all of a sudden you're shipped out to Turkey and yeah so it must have been very emotional for him and for the players as well just because they've known sort of where he's come back from um, not just the injury as well but you know obviously going out on loan and not being really wanted by um, you know for, the former management and yeah um, what a moment you, his compilation is insane yeah, add that goal to it it's like two minutes long now um, yeah made up for him incredible moment and you get those moments and maybe like once a season like I don't know season we got promoted you had the sort of the Jack Grealish moment which was just wow how do you top that and then you had a like a Trezeguet semi-final you had a like the 7-2 against Liverpool you know what yeah. happened there last season not much happened but then this year I think this is the kind of we've had a few moments to be fair in Emery where it's you know really good but this one just sort of you can't write it like you can't script that it just how whenever he comes off the bench I always say to my dad or my brother like uh, he's capable of a moment of magic so you never know but it's not gonna happen every game but if, if it happens once in five or six games that's enough because yeah, like, I would say fair play to Emery for bringing him on but you, you can't like do much about it he didn't just, know he was gonna do that did he just absolutely just yeah, like he's done magic yeah moment of magic and he, we know he's capable of it but Obviously, if he did that every game, he'd be playing for Bayern Munich or Barcelona or whatever. <laughs> Madrid. So, um, yeah, bizarre. And I don't know what his future holds at Villa, but if I was a club that um, that needed someone, or if I was a Premier League club that's got, I don't know, like a Nottingham Forest, they sign everyone. Um, I'd be looking at Troy because he's just, he's that, he's, he's a maverick. He can, he can pull off moments like that, can't he? And mm-hmm. yeah, um, really good player. He doesn't get the credit he deserved when as Ash mentioned earlier, the, that season that he came to the club, I think he had double figures for goals and assists yeah. combined, which is really good for a winger. Probably the first Villa winger to do that in some time. So, yeah, underrated player. And, uh, yeah, what a moment for him. You fully deserved it after the, the sort of year and a half that he's had. There's a, a question from Sanj on, on Twitter that I had this morning. It's a kind of two-part a question and a, a kind of opinion that I, I think we said last night about um, this. that last night felt like a bit of a turning point for something. I don't know what that is yet because we haven't got into the future yet, but you look back at Rotherham in the promotion season as like that was the moment when we kind of everyone knew this is the thing and this is what Sanj says. First part, we'll come back to in a sec. Can we please extend Unai Emery's contract? He's the real deal deal for us. A magnificent start to his career here and you can tell the players are darting. Last night, it felt like Rotherham away in terms of momentum shifting an entire club and a fan base. Can we dream? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ash, do you get that same kind of sense that, yes, we don't know what the turning point is for yet, whether it's qualification for Europe this season. But if we did get into Europe this season, I think you'd look back at Chelsea and Leicester and go, that was the moment Villa knew they were going to go on to do it. Yeah, yeah, the penny dropped at Chelsea and it start, would have started that run. I think that would be fair. Yeah, like John said, it's that moment and that Troy moment was one yet last night. They could have a big sign if Villa are, do indeed qualify for Europe. I think I think they will. Um, 
Yeah, Emery, I mean, he's, he's got to be up there candidate for manager of the year. I think probably Arteta will probably get it or deserve it. But what he's done in, in, in five months is, 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 is incredible. So, yeah, all, we're all set up for a fascinating nine game running now. And there's seven weeks left of the season. I think other than Forest and Wolves, we played the other seven games against teams around us and above us, which is fantastic. So, it's yeah, the ball's in Villa's court. Can they continue this run? On Emery's contract, is it possible? I mean, obviously it's possible because the club can do what they want, but would it be silly to offer him a new contract so soon? I mean, it must be the fastest a manager would ever get a new contract, but because there's been so many managerial changes mm. in the Premier League this season, the transformation that Emery's done, now I'm not particularly scared of losing him. I know there's a few question marks saying, oh, would Chelsea come over and grab him and would he be interested in a club like Chelsea? First of all, my opinion to that would be no, because Chelsea are a circus. He wouldn't have any, anywhere near the level of control he's, he would have at somewhere like Villa. He seems to suit the kind of underdog, to put it in air quotes for the listeners, that is kind of going to be around mid-table pushing up rather than be expected to be winning trophies all the time. Obviously, that would be the ambition for Villa, but the expectation isn't for us to go and win the Premier League next season. So I don't think he'd be interested in a move to Chelsea. I don't think he'd, he'd abandon Villa at this stage either. He doesn't seem that kind of character. But having said that, what a statement of intent it would be for us as a club to come out at some point, maybe at the end of the season, and go, right, we know you're here till 2027 or whatever the contract was initially, but we we value so much and we want to make the statement to the rest of the league, hands off, here's another new deal for Emery. Would that shock either of you? I mean, he's the, he's the highest manager in the club's history, Emery. And Villa paid £5 million to get him out of his Villarreal contract. Would it surprise me? It wouldn't, no. I don't think it would. I think they'd look to do it at the end of the season, should they secure European football. Yeah, I wouldn't put out the question, no. I think probably too soon, but as you mentioned, the terms that he's on, we must have paid him a good amount of money, or not just the money, but everything, the benefits and whatever it may be, that that contract must have been something quite good anyway, just to get him over here in the first place. So I don't know how much more we could sort of do right now, because you almost don't want to give him too soon, because then all of a sudden, if we're in, dare I say, at the top four or something in Christmas next year, Give him a new deal. Like there's always going to be <laughs> more. So I think let's. Um, I'm sure he's happy enough on the contract he's on now, and there's a massive project for him. Here. This is his not redemption story in the Premier League, but I think for Emery, it's not about the the kind of um, the monetary value or whatever it is. I think for him, it's proving people wrong again. And when we spoke mm-hmm. to Alago, knows him quite not personally, but well, I guess he does actually. Um, that was his thing. It was like he wants to come back to the Premier League for the right project to make sure that it's the right sort of projects to put himself back in you know change his perception of what people thought about him because he did it so well in Spain and he did it well with Arsenal considering what was going to come after him um, for a period of time so this is his thing we've given him an opportunity to rewrite his sort of story I suppose in um, English football and he's doing that and I think for him that's enough yeah we can give him a new contract but I think there could actually funnily enough be bigger things coming our way in the next year or even two and if he's got a what is it like a four or five year contract yeah, we'd probably have to give him four or five more extensions if we give him one just to get him <laughs> yeah. ice, you know, the sort of the, the morning after. Um, but yeah, there'll be a, an extension or a, a, a bonus or whatever it is soon enough, I think, um, whether that's in a year or something, as long as we continue to sort of, um, yeah, mount the uh, sort of charge that we're doing on the top six or who knows, it could be even better. I feel like Newcastle and us were very similar trajectories in terms of they start from the bottom, then they got into the top half, I think. We were just above the bottom and now we're trying to get into Europe and looking at what they've done this season, we can do that next season, I hope. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, that's probably then when you're going to talk about a new contract thing. Fair points. Uh, the last social question I wanted to do is from Oscar. He said, would the fans be disappointed if we don't get into Europe this season? We're all on cloud nine at the moment and I'm loving every second of it. I just fear the fans turning sideways if we end the season up in 10th or 9th position. Now, me and John spoke about this a little bit last night, I think. I'm pretty sure we did anyway. So, Ash, to you. Let's say Villa finished 10th place now. Over these next nine games, we only win three, say, and we, and we drop down a little bit. Would you see that as a disappointment or is that still a good season considering where we were? I think it will be seen as a little bit of a disappointment because you always wanted more as fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we, we finish 10th, it'd be a massive missed opportunity. I thought it was going to be that way last night given mm. Villa dropped points against Leicester at home. Drawing last night as as well before Troy's strike. You're thinking, is it too much to ask for now? But I think, I think Villa fans will be... A tad disappointed, yeah. How dare we, really? It's by no means an easy run, but you do just kind of feel like whoever Villa play, especially with Emery being this kind of like cup specialist, treat the last nine games like a cup game. It's a one-off yeah. game. Anything can happen. You kind of if you set it right for that opponent, it doesn't really matter about the season form or whatever. I kind of back Villa to be absolutely anybody, which is a, a lovely position to be in. Would you be disappointed, John, with a, a ninth place finish, for example, or, or would you still see that as progress? Absolute progress for sure. I mean, would I be disappointed? I think that completely depends on the context if we get really good results up until Tottenham or Liverpool or Brighton in the last three games of the season but then we lose those three and we fall out of the sixth yeah. position and finish eighth then yeah you're going to be disappointed because it's like well we really could have done something um, if we nick draws and wins here and there lose to Man United away lose to Tottenham or something I don't know whatever it may be I don't think we could be massively disappointed I think we're just on a big crest of the wave at the moment but with nine games left that's a long it's still a long stretch that's um, you know what, nearly a third of the season? No, it's obviously less than that. But Quarter? Yeah, something like that. I'm not good at maths. Um, but it's... <laughs> why are you laughing? And then, uh, <laughs> not either. But nine times four is 36, so pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's a long... There's a lot of points to play for, but also a lot of points to sort of lose and not to put a negative spin on it. But I think the position that we're in now, I'd, I'd like to think we're going to get top 10. And I'm only saying that because a couple of weeks ago, we were still in 11th and we were thinking, oh, well, we'll top, take top 10. But as soon as we beat a Leicester, and I know Chelsea aren't... Um, you know, amazing, but you know, we've only beaten Leicester away, and I know we've won games before that. But what I'm trying to say is the games that are going to come up will be difficult, and we are going to have to slog through them. And if we get the results that we get, then that's brilliant. But if we don't, I don't think we'd be too disappointed because we know we're on a right, yeah. we get in, we get in, we're going somewhere, somewhere quickly as well. So yeah, let's um, let's just enjoy it. I think the last few weeks of the season, let's not um, you know, get. I personally won't be getting disappointed if we don't beat a Newcastle at home or if you know or if we fall out of a top seven or whatever it may be. Because next yeah. year that's the the kind of that's the big push. Um yeah, let's just see where it takes. Because I think you know, two home games in a row though, the, the atmosphere should be electric for those the Forest and Newcastle games. Let's just see what happens, take it game by game. If we get there, then wow, that's again it would feel surreal for me. Um but if not, that's okay because I think we'll get tenth now. Fulham will be without Mitrovic for eight, seven games, I think it is. So they should hopefully fall away and we can kind of finish above them. That should be tenth locked. Can we finish with Chelsea, Liverpool, and then it's the rest of them, Brentford, Brighton. You know, let's just finish above that little mini league that we've got going on now, as you say, Dan. It's like cup full mm-hmm. cup away, yeah. like of a group of six or seven clubs there. And if we win it on the weekend, you, you look at Spurs play Brighton, we could finish above one of them over the weekend. Newcastle play Brentford, could, you know either close the gap between us and Newcastle or extend the gap on Brentford. So, yeah, there's loads of positives to look at. It's just, um, yeah, a long way to the end of the season still. But let's um, 
yeah, we can hope. Why not? Yeah. We had this kind of 11th versus 10 shootout, didn't we, against Chelsea? We were level on points, and within three or four days, we've gained four points on Chelsea alone. We're yeah. six points or so beyond Newcastle. I know we've we've played more games than a couple of sides, but you know, you look at Forest on, on the weekend and think, well, if we win, if we beat Forest, which feels doable, you got Newcastle at home. Is it a 12:30 kickoff? Like, that should that's a spicy game, isn't it? Like, it is, isn't it? just uh, imagine the potential of, of Villa winning that as well, or even even a draw is a, is a great result. Yeah. We are yeah. getting carried away a little bit after Chelsea. Chelsea, John, me and you and Neil spoke about will we get into Europe, yes or no, in a word. And at the time you said no. Um, yeah. So we'll stick with that for now, even though we've won another game since. Ash, if you had to put a word on it, yes or no. Yes. Will Aston Villa qualify for you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that. Yes. Um, let's, let's nail it down even further. Conference League or Europa League? I think we might sneak seventh. I think we, we might get seventh. I think sixth might be just, just a bit too much. I'm expecting a dip off at some stage. You can't, you can't keep winning games. The way we have been doing, it's the it's the it's the opposition for me that that, yeah. that nicks it because you're playing teams above you. All these games that we've won over the last fifteen or whatever, they've kept picking up points. Brighton keep winning, Brentford keep winning, but if we beat Brighton and Brentford, you gain three points from them automatically. They cannot do anything that weekend specifically. So mm. I'm going to go as far to say Aston Villa will finish sixth this season. I, I, I might sound uh, incredibly stupid, and maybe my head isn't right after last night still, but I would. If you offered me, and this sounds mad, if you offered me Europa League or Conference League, I think I'd prefer Conference League. And please edit this down if it sounds dumb. But <laughs> I just feel like in the trajectory that we're going, just kind of hear me out. If we finish uh, Conference League, there's a very high probability that we win that and then get into the Europa League the season after once we have a better score, <laughs> etc. Et hear me out. If we get Europa League, I, I think we'd have to do something quite monumental to yeah. compete in the Europa League and get Europa League football next do you know what I mean? Like mm. West Ham will win the Europa League this season and they could get relegated, they probably won't. But in the trajectory that we're going, I feel like next season, if we got Europa League, then okay, great. But I think we would then struggle in the league. I, I do, just because I don't think the squad's ready yet, even if we mm. spent which probably won't. So, yeah, I, I don't want to kind of be next season Europa League, but then the league form dips off and we get knocked out in the round of 16 to buy Leverkusen and then uh, <laughs> finish ninth in the division and then the season after that when we'd hope to then be kicking on again we have no European football mm. whereas in Conference League I know it's kind of a big blueprint but if we've got Conference League this year we could win the thing be in Europa League the season after and I actually think our league form would be better off for it because we'd be playing teams in Hungary rather than good teams <laughs> in Spain so yeah it probably sounds stupid but I think that makes sense yeah, I kind of understand the logic, but it's also a big leap to just go, well, if we get in the conference league, we'll win it. True, but mate, if you look at the team they're in at the moment, but come on, like, West Ham are going to win that quite easily. And the, yeah, there's like Fiorentina is the second best team. Whatever happens, I'll take it. If it's Europe, it's Europe. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, in my head, I think that. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> John, Ash, thank you very much for both your time this, uh, this morning. It's been a great to chat to you both in more detailed, analytical fashion than we did last night, John, where you were close to tears, I think, at, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great to talk about Villa being, being good again. It, it's lovely. Um, we'll be back again on Thursday with a video, which is me and John talking about the five steps to European football, which is maybe a little bit closer than we first thought. And then we'll Ooh. be back on Saturday evening for the post uh, Nottingham Forest podcast as well, where hopefully it'll be nine points in a week for Aston Villa. 
plus Ollie Watkins' hat-trick as well, which I predicted earlier. Uh, so thank you both for your time. Thanks everyone for watching, as always. And we'll see you again in a couple of days. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.